You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Now, back to LA's number one morning show, The Mike Counter Show. 917 on the Mike Keltner Show. It's 1025 The Bone. You know, they say April showers bring May flowers, but also brings a whole lot of mud and mess and pollen and all sorts of gross stuff on your carpets, tile, sofa. Do what I do. Call Zero Res. Zero Res will come in there and get it all cleaned up for you. That's right. They can clean your sofa. You can look at the uh, stains on your sofa, whether it be from your stupid kids or your stupid pets or maybe stupid you. Drop something on the sofa. Zero Res can get that clean. All you have to do is go to their website, ZeroResTampa.com. That's Z-E-R-O-R-E-Z Tampa.com. Mention me, Mike Calta, and you'll get three rooms of carpet clean for just 129 bucks. Just go to ZeroResTampa.com. Mention me, and you get three rooms of carpet clean for 129 bucks. And they use their patented ZR water, which means no soap equals no residue equals soft, fluffy carpets that stay cleaner, longer. No harsh chemicals means it's safe for your kids, safe for your pets. ZeroResTampa.com. Go there today and make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Mike Calta Show. Zero Res, spell it backward or forward. It's the right way to clean. Look at Shuli. Come on in, Shuli. Sit right down there. How are you doing, buddy? Good to see you. Shuli, one of only two guests uh, ever be on this show. That would also send me steaks afterwards. Oh. Uh, oh, your mic's not on. So I know who the other go. one was. Who was the other one? Jay Moore. Nope, not Jay Moore. Sent me roses. Roses. Oh, uh, April Macy. April Macy. Yeah, there we go. There we go. April Macy thought that after her first successful appearance on the show, we may never have her back again. <laughs> and Ralphie May was like, well, I know what you should do. Send them steaks. She sent me steaks. <laughs> And I was like, little did you know, your boobs would make sure that you'd come back yeah. here several times. I'm we- the one who needed steak. Yeah. yeah you yeah. Surely no boobs. Yeah. No boobs. <laughs> uh, were you there when uh, April Macy and when they did The Hottest, Funniest Woman? Uh, uh, they did that series, yeah. I yeah, was there. so that was April Macy, Whitney Cummings. Yep. And Esther Koo. That's correct. Is that it? Just the three of them? I think the three of them. I don't remember if there was a fourth, but I, I definitely remember that contest. So, uh, Whitney Cummings has never been on the show because of that appearance on the show. She said, I was listening, and she said that she would only do Howard's show. She hated doing local radio, and uh, they forced her to go and do lo- local radio shows, and she hated it. And, and I was like, mm, I'll remember that. Jeez. And a couple of months ago, they were doing the... Uh, roast of Burt Kreischer on OnlyFans. Right. And I don't hate Whitney Cummings, but I'm not helping her out. Right. And they were like, um, hey, we want to book Whitney Cummings. And we were like, nope. <laughs> and then the guy reached back out to me because sometimes he thinks like Spanish, he doesn't trust him. <laughs> and he goes, I really thought that this one would be up your alley. I go, yeah, I can understand why you would. And here's why I won't do it. And he goes, wow. And he goes, I'm going to pass it along. I go, I don't care. I, you know, I, eventually I'm going to be in front of her and I'm not going to care. I'm not going to be like, no, I won't be nice to you. But I just always remember that. But uh, it's funny because she says that and I always think, well, not us. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 
yeah. not talking about us. I mean, 99% of those. Like, I know. I heard that you like going to the store. Yeah, you know, setting yeah, them up yeah. for jokes. She, she messed up. She said the quiet part loud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. None of us like doing local radio. There are radio. <laughs> there is radio that you do like to go to, but for the most part, it's garbage, and, and they don't care about you, and you don't care about them. I. It's weird, because as much of a Howard fan as I was growing up, I don't hate other radio people. And like I remember an Opie and Anthony used to do Jocktober where yeah. they'd go around, they'd make fun of other shows, and I thought, This is this is unfair because the husband and wife team in Portland who do mornings over but they're they're not aimed towards the same audience. They you have are. to do it that they way. They have yeah. to do it that yeah. way. Yeah. So although it's funny to make fun of them, it's <laughs> it's not very fair to them. So anyway, I usually probably hate those people too. Anyway, but <laughs> uh, I don't. I just don't. I don't hate a lot of other. I don't hate automatically every other radio person. So like I remember. Of, I remember the uh, country station that was in our cluster. Uh, I talked to the girl and she said we can't say like but. On the air, yeah. like you can't, you couldn't say ass for sure, but they couldn't even say butt, and I was like, really? But they you can know, call but- some guy cooter without a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's fine. Do you know I had to? I did country radio for a year, and I had to uh, give away sixteen pairs of Tim McGraw tickets, who was the biggest country artist yeah. in the world at the time, because the girl called up to plug her dance. She's like, I was wondering if we have a local dance coming up, and I was wondering if we could plug it on the show. It's open to everybody. And the guy I worked with was like, sure, go ahead. And she's like, it is a BBW dance, which stands for Big Beautiful Women. And he was like, oh. And I started playing cow sound effects. <laughs> Such a shock jock. And I and just under the, just low on the, and then, they, of course, they got mad and right. called my boss. And my boss was like, we got to blow out all these. I go, why? Why? And they were like, because they're not going to listen. I go, who cares? I go, there's plenty of They were like, no, we can't. And they actually did that. Yeah. I, I, I also worked for a rock station one time. So when I was a street guy, they had, I worked for Bubba at the time at 98 Rock, and they had in Mulberry, Florida, which I'd never even heard of before, which sounds exactly, it is exactly what it sounds like it would be, Mulberry. Right. They uh, had somebody's chicken coop got open, and their street was being overrun by chickens. So I was going to go out that morning and round up all the chickens like the Pied Piper. And I went out there, and some I was looking for the chickens. Like they made it seem like you couldn't get in Mulberry; there were chickens everywhere, <laughs> and I couldn't find any chickens. So I was like trying to find some sort of livestock to at least have in the background for the. And I went in some woman's yard, and she called the police, and yeah. she called my boss, and my boss negotiated with her and had to pay her ninety six dollar electric bill that month, and that's how I stayed out of jail. <laughs> it's it's a failed. You know, when I first got to Sirius, uh, the news team they got a news van, the uh-huh. Howard one hundred oh, news, news van. Yeah. Van? And it was like, the, you know, those skinny vans? Yeah. They're like, you know, I forget what they're called, but they're like really thin vans. Yeah. And they usually have ads on them on the side. That was the van that, and, and they have the transit strike happening mm-hmm. one day, right? <laughs> and all the subways, all the, all the buses, they're all shut down. And uh, like an idiot in the newsroom, I go, you know what would be funny? What if I go pick people up around the city in the news van <laughs> and give them a ride to work right. courtesy of Howard yeah, 100 yeah, News? Yeah. And they're like, that's genius. And I'm like, in my head, I'm going, well, I didn't think they would agree to that. Right, right. And then the reality sets in. I know nothing about New York. <laughs> I don't around, know how yeah. to get around. I've yet to drive in Manhattan, in Midtown. Let alone in a van. In a van. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, I suggested I got to go. So I start driving. I pick that. I go, Howard 100 News wants to give you a ride. People are screaming. They're uh, calling cops. I think <laughs> finally one guy gets in. I go, where are you headed? He's like, 
I'm on the Lower East Side. And I go, I have no clue where that right, is. Right, right. I said, how about I go five blocks up this way? <laughs> drop you out. I said, I got to stay in this general yeah, area. Yeah. And I came back and they hated the audio. They uh, thought it was the dumbest thing. And I'm like, look, I probably should have been. It's one of those radio ideas. Looks good on paper. Right. Until you get out there and actually try and do it. So give me, give, tell me how when you're doing that. With yeah. the, and Howard, I thought that was brilliant when they had the news department. Yeah. Because it, the, one of the best aspects of that show, which certainly carries over to this show and other shows is when uh people rat on each other like Joe yes. and Joe and Gio hate each other and they're kind of, they were just bickering last break uh, when when I come in here sometimes somebody will leave a post-it note hey make sure you ask Joe about the fight he had with his girlfriend or something that's the best stuff because yes. it's real so when you have a whole news department out there getting tips and information which by the way I did call in a tip one time did you uh Eric no not Eric what's his name <clears throat> the high pitch Eric what? Yeah. He had... Um, I love you, Mike. <laughs> he had claimed that he had no money and was getting kicked out of his house and all that stuff. And that night I happened to be in New York and I went to Woolhop on Mott Street and Eric came in with a girl wearing a big Howard 100 hockey jersey. Yeah. Uh, came in with a girl and bought dinner and I was like, he's lying. <laughs> I just saw him pay... And uh, Steve, what's his face, called me back the next day, and he was like, "Oh, thank you for the tip, and that's uh, good stuff." And I, thank, I w- thank you, Mike. Yeah, I wish I had it on video. I don't know why I didn't video at the time. And but. Eric is like the Kaiser Soze of the Stern Show. <laughs> is you know, I don't know how to add. And then he turns the corner. He's like, "I want to be picked up on thirty eighth and fourth. You know, all of a sudden everything's clicking. Who is your favorite out of all the Whack Packers? Well, you know, it's tough, man. It's like kids, you know. I, yeah. I spent a lot of time with, with the WAC Pack. Uh, I would say that it is a neck-and-neck neck finish for me between Beatle uh-huh. and uh, Eric the Actor. Now, Beatle's still alive? Yeah. Yeah, okay, Beatle's so- in Atlanta. He's he's living with his family, I think his sister and his mom. That is an interesting-looking human. Yeah, the yeah. The best to me is when my son found, who's 16 now, but he was like 14, found clips of Beatle... On the internet, He's on huge. the Stern show, but they would ask him like, "Who's the president?" And he'd be like, "I don't know who the president is." And then they go, "Who's the vice president?" And he'd be like, um, "That'd be uh, I don't know, he's a big bird." And he'd make, a, but he would say it so seriously. And my son brought it to me one time and was laughing. He's like, "You got to watch this." I go, "Yeah, it's Beetlejuice." And like he couldn't believe that I knew what it was. A whole generation is finding it without the show. Oh, let me tell you something. Sharing a room with Beatle and watching uh, Foreman Ali on ESPN Classic and Uh. having him explain to you how he (laughs) trained both Foreman and Ali... Wow. I mean, that's a. That's I was a, not aware of that. Yeah, he's like, oh yeah, I showed that dude. I trained him for a while, and I'm like, oh, you trained for it? Yeah, yeah. And then Ali, you know, starts fighting. I trained him too, you know. And, and and every, I mean, it was such a trip because all the guys wanted to have their own room. They sure. all wanted, you know. And and I was like, we can't just leave this dude on his own right? and hope he shows up for breakfast in the morning. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What, what what about um. But uh, Eric was great too because Eric, Eric, Eric's the best. Eric hated it and loved it at the same time. Right, and that that to he me, he loved the fame, but he hated that he was never regarded as anything except the midget. How the fame was delivered to him, right. he was not a fan of. But nobody else was delivering it to him, so he had to take it. Do you know what makes me? When I don't realize, I mean, I, I haven't listened to the show in a long time, but what really makes same. me realize how great it was is that every time somebody says. Uh, oh, Jimmy Kimmel! I always go Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy, Jimmel, Jimmel Kimmel. Jimmel Kimmel. I, like to me, that's the funniest stuff. My favorite, I think, 
He was a dick to me, by the way, after K- I left Chibble the show. Kibble Kibble? Yeah. Oh, after you left the show? Yeah. He, was, he was all but. He was like, it, it was at, I remember because we had moved to Bama. I was living out there. I was all set up. And it was him and Howard and Robin. And I expect it from Howard and Robin. Yeah. You know, uh, I've worked with them 15 years. But he starts lecturing me on, you know, why did I leave and and is it a smart thing to do? And it's like, listen, dude, I don't have the budget to, you know, rent an RV for four months yeah. and travel and roam the earth. You know, <laughs> I'm like, I got stuff I got to do. Sure. People are trying to break into my building. I got little kids. I'm it's like, hard to live there. And, yeah. yeah. I said everything in my area turned to crap. Yeah. Like, so I don't I don't know why I have to justify to you. What I got to do. People see that as such a uh, huge opportunity. And when you were first started out there, it was. Absolutely. But now, I don't know that you, if you if you had on your resume, oh, I worked three years at the Stern Show, that's not going to make a difference to me. I don't care. You know what I mean? I, rem- I, I remember when they came to me and asked if I wanted to start writing yeah. on the show. This is when they were phasing out the Howard 100 News. And and uh, they were like, you should write for the show. And And I remember thinking... I don't know if I want to do that, blah, blah, blah. And I talked to Brewer and I said, what do you think I should do? And at that time, Brewer's like, writing for Howard yeah. is like an SNL credit. Yeah. He said, you you have to do it. But but let me ask you real quick. Do you, is the frustration there? Because you don't really ever get any of the glory and, and people, and, and look, I would like to preface this with he's the greatest to ever do it. I and agree I with know you. you would think the same, but I don't want to make it like I'm piling on him. He's right. still the greatest ever. But when you were writing for him, like people don't know how much of his stuff is written by other people. And mm. and that's fine because if you get Letterman and all that stuff, they all have writers and Absolutely. But um but like I know Mike Morse did a lot of that writing for him and that's a funny dude, but nobody's given him the credit or very few people even know who he is based on what he did for that show. Yeah. Mike, uh I mean even Benji who gets a ton of crap yeah. you know, for his shtick and his antics, is a brilliant writer. There's now, there's a team of really great writers back there. Uh-huh. You know, the guy has earned the right to be supported from every angle. Mm-hmm. I, I don't fault him for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Are you writing on the fly? Are you writing like as conversations are going on where it's an instant messenger that pops up or is that how it works? Yeah, some, so a lot, uh, there is a lot of writing on the fly. There's some stuff that, you know, you're, you're pitching in writers meetings afterwards that you're fine tuning, but most of, most of the staff is, yeah, up and ready. And, you know, it's a weird thing because you're sitting there, coming up with funny stuff and you're giving it to somebody else, which is not a natural thing for comics to do, right? Didn't Artie have a problem with that in the beginning? Writing? Yeah, I remember Artie saying in in the beginning he didn't think it was going to work out because he was writing jokes and giving them to Howard and he's sitting right there next to him. Yeah, yeah. Artie is one of those exceptions to the rules. Like, it's, it's, and again, Howard's great, but Artie can deliver it in a way that Howard can. The only time I've ever done that is you and I. Like, I'll write something down and hold it up because it'll be funnier coming from him. If he's talking to somebody or doing something, like, it's better for him to say it. Or I I don't want to say it. And I'm like, (laughs) here, say this. And then you start writing in that person's voice. So so when we would write something and you throw it up there and then he says it, for me, anyways, that was a victory. I was like, yeah, yeah. my line got sure. through. But then, you know, the way it's set up now, it really is like an SNL writer's room. It's, you know, there's ego. There's like people are hungry. They're keeping track of how many jokes get get read. Yeah. And and that that for me, I was like, nah, man, I, I'm I'm not here to compete with people. I'm I'm here to do 
you know, be a part of the greatest radio show uh, ever. Yeah. What, what exactly did Brent Hadley do over there? That seemed to me the weirdest. So Brent came in as a producer uh, to help produce a wrap-up show and uh, a couple other projects on 101 right. before they killed everything. Yeah. And then, you know, he would talk to people in the back and we would hear these stories of his life. Which may or may not be true. I don't know. Listen, uh, I wasn't there. Right. You know, I don't know. I, my job was to consistently call him a liar right. every time he brought up swinging. Right, right. And, that, and that's what I did. And it drove him nuts. And, and it was like, it's the worst thing you can do on that show or any show is, sh- is show your kryptonite. Yeah. What, what yeah. gets you. And so once I saw that, I mean, I invited him to uh, soccer games, and I was holding up signs that he's a liar yeah. and pointing it and putting it on. I knew I was friends with the jumbotron right. guys, so jumbotron. putting it on Yankee Stadium. Oh, I great. I went to see wrestling at Madison Square Garden. They sat me in the front row next to some arm wrestling champion, and the camera guy goes, "We're gonna come by and do a sweep shot, and uh, and we're gonna have your name." I go, "Good." I look next to me, some you know wrestling nerd. I go, you got a marker in one of those signs? Uh, just write, Brent's a liar. <laughs> she was the camera. And it, I just, I messed with him every chance I got. Oh, I love it. And you know what? I will say the guy, the guy rolled with it. The guy, you know, he fought back. He got, the weirdest thing was we shared an office. Uh-huh. So after we'd be fight, like he's staring at me like he wants to kill me. And then I got to go back into this glass cubicle with this guy <laughs> and just be like, hey, that was good, huh? Uh, I love it. Yeah. Um, one of the things that the show brought to this show was Michael Rappaport. <laughs> Rap. So I'm driving one day, and I was driving like three days and listened to him call in to the after show and your show and screaming at people and this. And I was like, what happened to this guy? He used to be a good actor, and now he's just yelling and, you know, I'm like, it just seemed desperate to me. Two days later, like, would you like to have Michael Rappaport on the show? And I went, yes, I yeah. would. Yeah. So he gets on it right out of the gate. First thing I say, Michael, what happened to you? What do you mean? <laughs> I go, I don't know. You were you used to be such a good act, Copland. You were great. Yeah, it's just potential. I go, and he's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I go, now you're like a glorified whack packer. You're just calling up, screaming at everybody. And this and he lost his mind. <laughs> Starts yelling at me. Read the copy, punk. Don't go off the script. Read the copy. I'm like, I don't have a copy. Don't tell me what to do. And we and I knew once we got him going, we knew we were just gonna build it up and build it up. And then finally, we uh, end up hanging up on each other. And wow. then, well, then like a month later, they're like, I got a I got a call from that little kid that hangs out with them. What's yeah. that kid's name? Do we I, I don't know. A weird relationship that they have. And the kid's like, listen, he's not a kid, but. He's like, uh, Rappaport's coming to the improv, and he wants to come on your show to make peace. He doesn't like to have enemies. And I go, 100%. I was scheduled to go to Vegas that day. He canceled? I, I changed to a later <laughs> flight. So I, or, or, or next day flight, because I was going to, I was like, there's no way I'm passing this up. <laughs> the sickness of, yeah. of good radio. Right? And then the moment, I had never met him, but I, I'd had him on the show a couple of times. And the moment he came to the door, I went like this. Let me see him first. I go, <laughs> All right, I can take him. Let him in. And from the minute he came in, he was great. But do you remember what else you did? No. The cameo. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I had a cameo. I just really became famous, and I had him do a cameo for me 
just do it, saying all the things that he said in the oh, thing, and I played it back for him. And said it's for his friend Mike, and he's uh, an actor, and he's nervous about reading the <laughs> script, and this. And so he was saying, "All just read the script; it'll be fine." Yeah, it was good, and he did, he had no idea, so he was real enthusiastic <laughs> Dean about it. Collins is the guy. Dean Collins, Dean yeah, Collins. who is great. The two of them yeah. together are great. Yeah, and uh, I end up loving Rappaport after that. I mean, yeah. what a funny guy to roll it now i love what he's doing out at these rallies and going on the street and messing with people he's a good dude man he's a very good dude he's always been a good dude uh he he's the guy this hat right here this is place he turned me on to in astoria sal chris uh and charlie's in delhi i mean he's such a normal guy to hang with a down-to-earth yeah. guy and his acting i mean I don't remember. I don't know if you remember the episode of Louie. Where he was on an episode of Louie where he played a, a buddy of Louie who's a cop. Yeah, yeah. And he loses his gun. Yes. If you go back and watch that episode, I mean, that was some of the best. His acting was so good. He's great. He's phenomenal. Yeah. He's phenomenal. And his passion for the show, I love that. Yeah. The show that so we end up uh, having him on to promote that show that I can't think of the name of it about having the autistic son. Oh, uh, and, uh, Netflix. And I was like, fine, uh, Rappaport, I'll watch your stupid show. What a great show! Love, yeah. What a great show! Got a huge, so uh, yeah, I was like, I would love to come back and dump on him and the show, and the show ended up being great. So yeah, anyway, that was one of the things that was brought over from uh, from listening to you guys. It's a, it was always a trip to like meet these people that some of them I had heard through the show for years yeah. you know jackie being up there and running into him and, and he go hey come see a joke hunt and i'd sit there on his show and he'd you know flash me while i'm sitting there on his show and i'm like it's all real yeah, it's all yeah, real yeah like it's crazy that's amazing uh julie agar is here julie's in town going to be at sidesputters what do we got i don't have your schedule you'll be there tonight yeah uh, i'm there tonight uh chad zumach will be opening for me uh, Don't let that stop you from going to see Shuli. He's yeah. very funny. <laughs> Sit through his lies called a set, yeah. and then I will be on, and I, I will bring the heat. Now, yesterday I get a text from Chad Zumach <laughs> who like says... That. I, now, I don't talk to Chad a lot, and I do like him. I, yeah, I, like, I do, too. I bust his balls, yeah. but I like Chad. He's one of those guys you meant to bust his balls. And he texts me, and he goes, give me your hotline number. <laughs> and I go, Why? <laughs> And he doesn't answer for a couple of seconds, and I start to lose interest in why he even texts me in the first place. <laughs> and then he writes me back, Kevin Brennan wants to call in tomorrow while Shuli's there and squash the beef between you two. And I said, my audience doesn't have any idea who Kevin Brennan is or the fact that I'm fighting with him. Kevin Brennan thinks that there's some great debate going on, some big fight between he and I that my audience is at the edge of their seat to see what they have no idea. He's played in Tampa like two times in the last 10 years, and he's not even that funny. Uh, I don't know why he thinks they would care. I'm interested in it. So I said, well, I got a better idea. Why don't you give me your number and I'll call into your show right now and, and we can handle it. And he wrote back, we don't have a call-in number. And I just went, oof. That's all I said. I was like, enough said. I'm done you, there. You can uh, work it out with him via super chats, I believe, is how super the best chats. the best way to communicate. Listen, with I'm going right to be now. honest with you. I'm not Nothing, even. Nothing. Listen, hold on. Yeah. No two dollars super. He doesn't read two dollars. Oh, you got to pay more. Five and up. Wow. Yeah. This is the way radio shows have gone. That people have to do like pay for play. Like, like I'll I'll be listening to the shows and they'll be telling you, hey, you can cash app us money. Cash app you money. What has this become? We we started. So we we started this Shuli Network on YouTube, right? right? Which is well, look, Shuli. Let's be honest. You've got a good you've got a good name in the in the business. 
you are a good guy no matter what anybody could say. You meet you and you're like, oh, Shuli's a good guy. So you doing that doesn't doesn't isn't a bad idea. No, and and the way it started is we started doing this show about Stuttering John. Okay. About him? So, for years, Stuttering John had a beef with me for years. Okay. Don't know why. Yeah, why? You don't even know the origin? Never okay. never did anything wrong to the guy. In fact, he was pretty essential in getting me on the air when I used to call in when right. I lived in Vegas years and years ago. So, and, and I was a fan of John on mm-hmm. the show. But for whatever reason, once he left, and I think once I started at Sirius... That bothered him that all this was happening and I was there and here this guy was a caller and now he's working there. Right. I don't know. I'm, right. I'm assuming. Yes. So he would go on his podcast and he would sp- just spread lies. Just like like you remember the video that leaked of that big meeting Howard yes. was right the summit meeting. Yeah. So he went on his podcast. And thank God nobody up at Sirius listened to this guy or thought took him seriously. But he's sitting there saying, I filmed it. I leaked it. Uh, I'm I'm literally three rows up thing, in yeah. the video, and 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 that was just one thing. But it could have gotten me fired. It could have screwed things up for me at home financially, my livelihood. He doesn't care. Right. For years, he kept going. He he tried to do one of his John Ambush interviews with me <laughs> in a hotel in L.A. Mm. when we were out there doing the Stern show, and I just walked away from him and I didn't answer him because I'm like, if I if I give him something. Gets me in trouble at work, probably. Yeah. And who knows what he can edit and how he can spin it. So I just want... So all that being said, for years, I never said anything about him. And then finally, I'm like, uh, I do my buddy Carl's show, and he has a segment where he takes clips of John's podcast, and he busts his, his <laughs> tonies about it. And, and he, he asked me a few times if There's I wanted... There's a podcast that nobody's listening to, and another podcast that takes clips of that <laughs> podcast and talks about it. That's brilliant. So I said, you know what? I have a personal connection with this guy. We have a beef, legit beef. Right. Then I called uh, Levy. I called Mike Morse. Okay. All three of us know John. Right. All three of us know what a schnurrer he is. Uh-huh. And we said, you know what? Let's do a show where we deep dive into John's old podcast. And we name it, because all he talks about is the good old days, The Uncle Rico Show. Oh, is that what that is? So The Uncle Rico Show. that's funny. We started doing these one-hour video podcasts where we would just Zapruder film his shows, and and we were just all about the comedy. Uh All about, it's a live roast of a clip none of us have ever seen. Right. And we're coming up with stuff on the spot. Oh, I love it. And it blew up. Yeah. Tons of people. So we started well, this that's funny network. Guys. That's funny guys doing that. You know. Yes. Yeah. It's all about the support. It's all about the cast. Now I got guys working for me. I got a team of people. We got shows on the network. And it all started from Stuttering John. Oh, I love this, it. this guy. That must make him so mad. Oh, let me tell you. I got three guys that I bought new computers for <laughs> on my team, courtesy <laughs> of Melendez. <laughs> I like John. John's been on the show a couple of times. I don't want to pretend like I don't like him. Yeah. He's, been, he's been good on the show. I also feel like he got screwed, so I like to give him an opportunity to to come on here and try to do something. I love that that you guys are doing that. Anno- annoying people are the best. Well, and listen, it, it'd be one thing if I was a troll and I came out of left field with this right. to a guy that never did anything to me. Right. I've been very patient with this dude. I've always taken the high road because I feel like he needed it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did so much. We got so big and did so many shows, he stopped broadcasting. Oh, that's so funny. He, he, he left. Yeah. And he's like, let's see you guys do this now. And I go, 
We got, have, we got I have, hours. I have a library we yeah. haven't even touched sections of. I said, you've been doing this for years. We don't <laughs> yeah, need you. He should turn around and come on the show. We've offered yeah. him. We said, look, and I mean this. I think John is brilliant on radio. Yeah. I really do. I don't think he's brilliant by himself. I think he needs to be with a supporting cast. Sure, a lot of people are like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I couldn't do the Uncle Rico show without Mike and Bob. Right. I like having them there. They bring out stuff in me. I bring out stuff in them. So for me, like at this point, I know we could do great radio. Mike, Bob, myself, and John. Just give it a try. Right. Why not? Right. Why not? And he just refuses. He uh, doesn't want to do it. One day it'll sink in. I, I want to. I think we can make it happen. Let me let me go back to uh, you referenced that video that was released. Yeah. Uh, Howard got everybody in some sort of theater and was going over a bunch of business things. And This was right when the transition was happening, when new management was coming in. Right. And, and he was like, listen, we got we to gotta up our game. I think a lot of it had to do with him being buddies with Kimmel. Yeah. And seeing so how they do their stuff. Matt Damon. Well, but just seeing like Matt Damon, Tom Cruise, these people coming on the show. Right. And him going, why aren't they coming here? Right. Well, because there's a history of the show. Yeah. And unfortunately. Well, uh, that meeting, I thought, was not nearly what everybody made it out to be like. Everybody's like, did you see that? And I go, yeah. I thought that the one pep thing, talk. And the one thing where he was asking people to uh, tweet at people, I thought was a little weird for somebody of his caliber. But the rest of it, I was like. This is kind of what you want. If you have a leader, you want him to get in there in the trenches with you and go over what you should be doing and what level we're taking the show to. I wasn't, I mean, a little embarrassing for him that it leaked out, but I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I mean, look, uh, I, the the guts of that meeting, yeah, right, the essentials of that meeting was we're going to another level. Right. And if you guys want to be a part of it, you can, you can be a part of it. Yeah. Like, you can help book people. You can help... Was the delivery of the message weird at times? Sure. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I like, I just came out. I remember the weirdest part of that meeting was Howard mentioned uh, somebody new was coming in mm -hmm. to kind of run things. Yeah. And I love Gary, but this is. <laughs> this now, is, Gary had run things since, yes. the, since the early 80s. Yes. And this is such a, a Gary Bowie thing. Uh, in this meeting with all these people. Uh, Gary Gary raises his hand for a question, and Howard's like, "Yeah, what's up?" And he goes, "Will this be? Will this person be taking over what I do?" Mm -hmm. Which in front of everybody, right? Which right. as soon as the question left his mouth, I was thinking, "Oh, you should ask that in private." Yeah. Buddy. And and without missing a beat, Howard's like, "Yes," and everybody literally was like, "Oh!" We just all turned to each other, and we, and let me tell you something: the smokers uh, area after that meeting. Was like, Did you guys hear that? Everybody just ripping butts. Going, what was that? That's great. Yeah. So yeah, it was. Listen, this dude, uh, I had zero radio experience. Yeah. He he gave me an opportunity that nobody in a million years would have given me, and I got to devote fifteen years of my life to a show that I loved. And it, and it took the show up to, I mean, I loved, I thought the best part of his show ever was in the early 2000s, I think, or maybe late 99, when Artie was there and John was there and all that. I thought that was the best form of the show ever. I liked the show on Satellite. Uh, I thought the roast and all that stuff you guys used to do in the beginning was great. Um, you know, and, and it was, it was, it just went up the next level at Satellite to a different sort of beast. And I think that you and Sal and Richard and uh, those sort of people that were new additions to the show really made it a, a great show. 
Those guys are are just workhorses, man. Sal and yeah. Richard live, eat, sleep, breathe. What bothers me about that is that uh, the dedication to the show is great, but they're never going to, they're never going to get pat. They're never going to make the money they deserve. They're never going to get the credit that they deserve. They're always doing it for somebody else. That's where at one point I had to be in radio. Where like I'm not doing this anymore. Well, I, I think I, when they paint their privates as Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley, <laughs> they do that for themselves. <laughs> I don't think that's for anybody else. That might be true. You know what I mean? That might be true. You go. Uh, you do what the heart wants. I so, guess. so I didn't. I don't listen to this show, but evidently Kevin Brennan talks about me a lot and gave out my phone number on the show. And I one, think that happened a long time ago. Yeah, it did. Right? So I'm and sitting then, in my living room. And then he got a taste of his own medicine. Somebody gave out his number. Well, yeah, I'm sitting in my living room and my phone rings. I don't recognize the number. I don't answer. It happens a lot. Then five minutes later, it rings again, different number. And I'm like, hmm. Then it rings again. And I go, hello, Dallas, Texas. Hey, man, why won't you take Kevin Brennan's call? I go, eh, Kevin Brennan didn't call me. And he's like, oh, well, he just gave out your number on his show. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I hang up. No more calls. <laughs> and I waited. I waited and I texted Kevin and I said, it's been an hour and three people called. Literally, I sat there and I, I didn't rush to the I just sat there and I waited three calls in an hour. <laughs> so then I changed my outgoing message and said, hey, you reached my counter, but if you're looking for Kevin Brennan, call him at 917. <laughs> and I gave out his phone number. And uh, then it, it fired back at him. And then I texted him and I said, listen, you got a problem. Let's handle this like men. And he doesn't answer. Then I text him a screenshot of his wife's cell phone number, and I said, let me just let you know, you're messing with the wrong guy. I live for this stuff. (laughs) This is what got me where I am today. This is a hobby to me. I live to do this. I will play dirty, and I will make your life miserable. And then he won't even acknowledge me anymore. Then I sent him a message on Instagram a couple weeks ago, and I said, I just want you to let you know a lot of time has passed. Things have gone I still hate you, and I'm going to punch you in the face if you ever come to Tampa. And he doesn't respond, and I'm like, oh, this guy's no fun. I mean, Kevin, why are you ghosting the guy? I mean, if we're going to start it. I mean, people don't realize, like, radio, legit radio guys from radio days are like prisoners. You cannot turn your back on them. They will shank you uh, in the showers the second you look away. How embarrassing is that that only three people called me? It's bad. It's it remind- If I were to give out Kevin's number right now, do you think more than three people would call? Hmm, this sounds like a bet. What's the over-under at? Are we talking? I would say, I would say, okay, so just to give you some background so you know, this is the number one show in Tampa, has been for some time. I've been in this market for almost 30 years, and uh, yeah, we do pretty good. So you're and saying like two million people in our listening audience. So... So let's make the over under twelve guys. What do you say? Twelve people. <laughs> I'm uh, maybe my, maybe it's my ego, but I'm going to say over. How, I'm going to say over. When you gave Spanish's number out, how many calls did you? <laughs> They're get Spanish? still calling him seven years later. <laughs> That's a fact, actually. He, seven years later, he's still getting phone. Oh wait, Carmen, kill that music. Kill the music. If I'm going to give out Kevin Brennan's mm. phone number, I want it to be silent. Oh, my God. Silent. Before we wrap. Everybody get a pen and write this down. And don't make me look stupid because if Kevin Brennan only gets. You say 12, you meant 12,000. Did I say 12,000? Okay, 12,000. 917-804. Wait, I got to make sure I got the right number. (laughs) I don't want to give out. Uh, All right, 917-804-8663. This is the guy who gave out my phone number, and I got three phone calls. Please don't embarrass me. Call Kevin and tell him that I hate him. 917-804-8663. 
800-848-8663. You could just call him up and be like, hey, Kevin, Mike Calta hates you. Fill up his voicemail. Do whatever you have to do. Don't say anything about his kid. We'll save that for another time. 917-804-8663. That's Kevin Brennan. You don't have to know who he is. Just call him up and tell him I hate him. Uh, Shuli, I like you. A Thank lot. you, pal. I will never give out your phone number. Thank you, and buddy. I, I don't even care if you do a show with Kevin or anything like that. Uh, last time BT was here, he said, uh, I got Shuli in a couple weeks. I said, I refuse to have Shuli on because of his association with Kevin. And then he texts me. He goes, so no go on Shuli? I go, oh, no, of course we'll have Shuli. I was, really <laughs> I was just joking. I don't, I don't even really hate Kevin. I don't really care. But like, you if know you want to call Kevin, 917-804-8663. You know what? You just earned yourself some more steak. <laughs> <laughs> Go see Shuli at Side Splitters, 960-1197. Uh, make a reservation to see him. When? Tonight through the whole weekend? No, I'm tonight, and oh. then and then Saturday, I'm at I'm in Charleston, South Carolina, at the Sparrow in Charleston, so South Carolina. So tonight only? Yeah, tonight only. Tonight one night only. only. All right. And yeah. this is in Wesley Chapel or in uh, no, Carrollwood? It, in Carrollwood. Yeah, in Carrollwood. Tonight, Shuli, Carrollwood, Side Splitters. Go see him. If you're a Stern fan, you know who Shuli is. If you're not, he's a funny guy, and he's got great stories and great jokes. Go see him there. Pleasure to see you again, my man. Thank you for having me, as always. I love you, brother. What did you say? You want Kevin Brennan's phone number? It's 917-804-8663. Okay. All right, Kevin. Have a great day, Kev. The other day, the other thing, <laughs> Kevin always says that I'm keeping him out of Tampa. I don't own any of the comedy clubs, nor do, nor do I ever try to stop anybody from working. So not true. His comedy is keeping him out of Tampa. That's well, the problem. I got news for you. It's going to be a busy day for Kevin Spitrag on his show today. <laughs> All right. Have a great day. Shuli, thank you. Find Shuli on social media at Shalom Shuli, right? And, and the Shuli Network on YouTube, Patreon. Come check out the shows we're doing, man. We're doing a ton of stuff. It, it's a lot of fun. All there my was friends. a show that nobody listened to, and then they made a show about that show, and the show blew up. I mean, you ain't lying. You're a goddamn genius. Have a great day. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Carmen. Yes. Take 10 more win winners. Ah! Or, I'm sorry. 10 more qualifiers. For Taylor Swift tickets for Saturday, I and we'll give those away tomorrow. Okay. I know you hate me. Right? Six and nine tomorrow, yeah. too. I refuse. forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget about it. We'll Thank see you guys tomorrow. Here. Goodbye. That's it. It's over. That's all for today. Thanks for listening to the Mike Caltus Show. If your trip to the store turns into a trip to the emergency room, call Farrah and Farrah. We can help determine... Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.